Deuteronomy chapter number 8. I feel pretty good up here now, if you guys are all right. Uh, I want to read now. I got 18 verses to read. And I've tried to narrow it down, but I just, I really want to read this whole entire passage. And so, if you'll turn in your Bible there, I'm not going to ask you to stand up tonight necessarily, but I want to read this entire passage. I want to bring a message tonight that I hope that can be a challenge and a help and encouragement to us, a reminder, if you will. And so, I'm going to begin reading here in Deuteronomy chapter number 8 and verse number 1. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness, to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Verse 3, And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with the manna which thou knewest not, neither did... Thy fathers know that he might know, or excuse me, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat, barley, vines, fig trees, pomegranates, a land of oil, olive, and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. Verse 10. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, and not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full, and hast built goodly houses, and Dwell therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, the silver and gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thy heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents, scorpions, drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of Flint. Verse 16, Who led thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy father knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee, to do thee good at the latter end. And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, and he May it, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. I wanted to read all of that passage. I try again. I tried to kind of whittle it down a little bit, maybe divide it up some. But I want us to see something here tonight, and I've titled the message here, "Lest We Forget." 
lest we forget. Uh, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer, and we will ask Him to bless, and of course, in what we're doing tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the blessings that You bring our way. We thank You, Lord, that You have provided an opportunity for us to assemble here tonight. And Lord, it would be all in vain but what we open Your Word and allow it to penetrate our hearts. I pray, God, that in these next few minutes that You would use me to be a help to these people. That's really all I want. I pray that You would use this message to be an encouragement and help, a reminder to them, as it has been to me through study and time together with You. Please bless in this uh, time together and use it to benefit us greatly, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I love the Thanksgiving time of the year. It is a wonderful time that we enjoy as family and friends as we get together and we share a meal together. We pretty much have to uh, redo our whole dining room to seat the folks that we have over and we don't mind doing that. Um, We have little place, name, little name plates, I guess you call it, for every person around the table and my wife is really big on decorating it up and making it a wonderful time. Um, we do on purpose. We spend a lot of time trying to make it a special time for those of whom we have over. A couple, oh, it's been several years ago, actually. Uh, we tried something. I tried something. Now, we would always do our traditional turkey, okay? But I got an idea because I had a Traeger grill. Anybody in here, you know what a Traeger, a, a wood pellet burning grill, Okay. It, it, it burns the wood pellets, okay, that makes sense. And so I thought, hey, let's do a traditional turkey, and then we will do uh, a, 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 a turkey on the Traeger. Well, where we had our Traeger in the house of which we lived at this time, it was on the back deck, and there was no covering there. And uh, the day before Thanksgiving was just a, it was just a terrible, windy, rainy day, And uh, I thought, I'm going to put the Traeger on the front porch. It's covered. The wind won't get it. And then I, or the the rain won't get it. And then I thought, well, it's still windy. So I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll just kind of encamp the, the port, the front porch with some tarps because I was trying to keep the heat in and keep it out of the rain because I wanted that turkey, you know, to just do what it, what everybody else said that thing would do in the Traeger. You know, I didn't want to interrupt with anything. And so I hung a tarp here and put the Traeger on the front uh, porch and, and let that thing cook through the night. It was wonderful, I thought, until about 2.30 in the morning. How many of you would agree that everything tragic happens at 2.30 in the morning? That's when all of our children were born at 2.30. It wasn't tragic, by the way, but anyway. Um, that could be up for debate. But I got a, we got a knock on our door. And I'm thinking, who is knocking on our door at 2.30 in the morning? So I said, Kristen, go get the door, will you? And, uh, and so, uh, no, I didn't do that. I, I got up, and I grabbed my pellet gun, no, and uh, I went to the front door, and I opened it, and it was a policeman. And he said, sir, uh, I was just concerned because as I drove by in your neighborhood, there was smoke bellowing out of your front porch, and it was all covered in tarps, and I thought maybe your house was on fire. I just wanted to check and make sure that everything was okay. Well, there went my 
pride and everything else, I said, I'm sorry, officer, to, to bother you. I was just trying to fix a turkey for the family on the Traeger grill on the front porch. But anyway, I got better after that, okay? But we've tried a variety of things Thanksgiving. We love to make it big. We love to uh, have folks over. And uh, it's a busy time, you know. We're working here and there, getting things ready, going back and forth, trying to uh, make sure that we have everything prepared. The folks that we have over, of course, bring some things and we just make it a, a wonderful time. Now, my wife does do, as far as our household, a lot of the work on it, but I put together a schedule for Thanksgiving, and I kind of have a rough draft tonight. Can, you, can I go over it with you folks and see if it makes sense to you? So what I have here for Thanksgiving Day, 11 a.m., pray and eat. Pray and eat. You see, my wife puts the turkey in the night before. And all I do is smell turkey. How many of you like turkey drumsticks? Those big old things, okay? Derek and I love those. And, and turkey, I woke up, I woke up uh, in the middle of the night one, 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 uh, early mo- that, that morning and my arm was hurting. And I woke up and I was chewing on it because I was dreaming about eating a turkey <laughs> drumstick. I was smelling the turkey from the oven. So look, when we get up in the morning, we don't waste any time. Okay, we get with it. Okay, so that's why I said eating at 11 a.m. Now, 12 noon, we play a board game. How many of you like to play board games? Oh, we've got a lot in common. Okay, Um, at 12 noon, we play a board game. Now, my next schedule event is 12.05. We eat again. Okay. We allow plenty of time to play a board game, and then at 12.05, we eat again. We eat till about 1 p.m. Chuck Dalby knows this. He's been over before. And then at 1 p.m., the men choose to help the ladies clean up. I mean, I figure we're supposed to be thankful, right? And we're supposed to help out. So around 1 o'clock, we choose to help out. All the guys scatter around and help the ladies clean up. Oh, about 1.05... We get tired, and we find a recliner. I have six of them in my living room. And uh, we all pick a recliner, and we, ta- we take a nap. till about 3 o'clock, and we wake up, and we get all the food that the ladies put away. We bring it all back out, and we eat again. How many of you think that's a pretty decent schedule for Thanksgiving? Okay. All the men have their hands up, waving. Yeah, all the ladies are rolling their eyes. We're used to it. Don't worry. Um, but we enjoy that. I believe that um, it is important for us to take time and do something that we also do around the table at Thanksgiving. We used to do it this way. We used to go around before we had our meal, and we would all share something that we were thankful for. Okay? And uh, you start giving dirty looks to the guy at the end because you're like, hurry up, man, I'm hungry. You know? So what we started doing is we would pray, fix our plates, and then while we're enjoying the meal, we would go around and share things that we are thankful for. Things of which the Lord has blessed us with. We strongly believe in taking time to remember how God has blessed our life. Our teenagers have a powerful song. They may end up singing it between now and Thanksgiving. I don't know, but it says, we will remember, we will remember, we will remember the works of your hands. 
We will stop and give you praise, for great is thy faithfulness. The Bible says in James chapter 1 and verse 17, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Later on in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 26, Moses is still teaching and talking to the children of Israel. And he makes this statement. I've got at least the first half of the verse or so. He says, And thou shalt rejoice in every good thing which the Lord thy God hath given unto thee and unto thy house. It is important for us that we take time and we realize that every good thing cometh from above, from our Heavenly Father. And in our text passage here this evening, we see Moses, he's speaking to the children of Israel and he is challenging them to remember the Lord your God. Matter of fact, in the book of Deuteronomy, there are other times, there's there's about 14 other times where uh, Moses challenges the uh, Israelite people and he, he uses that word remember. He's challenging them to remember about 14 times. About nine times is the two word phrase forget not. Forget not. So all throughout this book of the Bible it's incorporated in uh, remembering and forgetting not. You know if we're not careful we can overlook and sometimes even forget what God has done for us. If I'm not careful, I can get wound up in the things of today and what I need to do tomorrow and this coming week. And there's nothing wrong, of course, with thinking ahead and preparing and whatnot. But if we're not careful, we can find ourselves in such a routine that we don't take time to remember what the Lord thy God hath provided for each and every one of us. It's easy for us to focus on things that are going wrong in our world or in our life. But it's very important for us as Christians to take time and to remember what God has done. And so Moses here in this chapter, in this passage of Scripture, is reminding these people, Hey, God's done this, and we're going to touch on these three things. God's done that. Hey, don't forget what God has done for you. Now, folks, I want to say this. I'm I'm not one to live in the past, but I do believe it's important to visit it every once in a while. Because I believe it's important to pause and remember what God did in our life. There's three things tonight that I want to share with you that I believe will help us here in just chapter number 8 of Deuteronomy Verse number four, as Moses is speaking to the children of Israel, he says that he's reminding them, number one, God's provision during their poverty. God's provision during their poverty. Verse four says, Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Now that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Doesn't the Bible have some things that, boy, we believe them. We think, wow, how is that possible? Well, we know all things are possible with the Lord. Moses said, remember how you're out in the desert for 40 years and worried about how you're going to clothe yourself? Remember how God miraculously kept your garments from wearing out? Now, when I was a young 
uh, boy, uh, they had a pair of jeans. I think they were sold at Sears. And um, they had, because, you know, young boys were known for wearing holes in the knees of their jeans, and they would wear out real quick. I don't any of you mothers can remember that, okay? And uh, anybody else, we can remember those things. And so I remember as a young boy, my parent, by the way, we always threw our jeans away when holes got in them. <laughs> I wish I'd have kept those things. I could really make some money now. But, but they would buy these, and they were called uh, tough skins. I'm ringing a bell to the folks who are 50 and older, okay? Uh, everybody else is like, what are you talking about? And the knees were like double, triple... Uh, lined or whatever, so that these young boys could just go at it and the knees would not wear out. It didn't take us long to wear the knees out of those jeans. But I'll tell you what, with them tough skins on, those things lasted. But they did sure didn't last for 40 years. Isn't it amazing? Moses is saying, folks, don't forget what God did. His provision during your poverty. When I think about, I don't know why my mind goes this direction. It goes in weird directions sometimes. But when I think about wearing clothes over and over again, Brother Cameron, I think about Vacation Bible School. We give all the children a t-shirt. Now, folks, do you remember we used to do Vacation Bible School Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Kids would come to church on Sunday morning and... We'd have a big VBS review on Sunday night. By the time those kids wore that VBS shirt seven times in one week, you could just kind of peel it off their back. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, take it off, stand it in a corner. Those shirts, they didn't last that long. I don't know why my mind goes to that. But, you know, the, the Bible tells us that Moses said, Look, folks, do you remember how God provided for you whenever you were in this Forty years in the wilderness, your raiment waxed not old. His provision was provided during their poverty. Also, remember those shoes you had that lasted a whole uh, 40 years? Can you imagine, ladies, buying a pair of shoes that were guaranteed for 40 years? Wouldn't that be awesome? Man, wouldn't that be great? If you could buy a pair of shoes, they'd probably go out of style, but they'd still be lasting, you know. But my point is, God provided for those 40 years. And these people were challenged to remember God's provision during their poverty. And folks, I want to remind us tonight briefly here, that God has provided for us during our times of need. We are a needy people, but I want to remind you here tonight that we serve a need-meeting God. You remember that time when... Uh, God met that need in a very miraculous way and you still are trying to figure out how He did it? You remember how that time He came through with the resources that you did not have? And uh, I just had someone share with me uh, this afternoon of a blessing that came their way where God provided and met a need. I say out of nowhere, you know what I mean by that. Uh, it wasn't expected, though it was greatly needed, but God provided in a mighty way. Remember when God's provision appeared in your time of need and, and you still can't figure it out? I remember when Kristen and I uh, got married and, and uh, I had spent a lot of money on the wedding ring and our engagement ring as well and on our honeymoon. And 
I was still making payments on that. I had spent about two ninety five on the engagement ring. No, I did more than that. <laughs> Cheapskate. That's probably what you're thinking, right? And no, I spent quite a bit of money. And I remember this. I remember at the wedding thinking, all right, Lord, I got the rings purchased. I got the honeymoon purchased. I need some more uh, funds from heaven, amen, to help me make this what it ought to be for my new wife. We, uh, when we dismissed our wedding, uh, we, there's a variety of ways you can do it. Kristen and I, after the ceremony, we went through and we dismissed each pew. We went down the center aisle and we dismissed the first row on both sides, the second row on both sides, and on and on and on and on. And we, of course, greeted all of our guests. And I'll never forget about halfway back, a gentleman reached out his hand. I did not know this guy. And he reached out his hand. He said, congratulations. And when he reached out his hand, I felt something in his hand. And it was, it was of a paper substance. Okay, are you, are you following me here tonight? Okay. And uh, he looked at me kind of with, you know, that look of, use it wisely, son. <laughs> and, and so I shook his hand and I felt something there and I took it, put it in my pocket. And, you know, you don't, you don't like look at it right away. That's kind of bad to do. do you, y'all don't do that, do you? you know, or you get a free moment and you kind of turn it, you know, look at it. It was a gospel track folded up into $20 bill. I hate those, by the way. Okay. Anyway, um, it was, and I, I, later on I pulled it out of my pocket. Now this is 1995, it's a 20, uh, f- excuse me, it was a $50 bill. And I said, Lord, thank you for that provision <laughs> during my poverty. You know, the Lord works in mysterious ways and miraculous ways. And we should never forget God's provision during our poverty. I know that as our children have paid their way through Bible college, and we still have some who are doing that at the moment, there's been times where the funds were pretty decent and then the funds were low. There were times when we had a good job and we didn't have so good of a job or we didn't have a job. But I remember multiple times throughout these several years of getting a phone call from one of our children who said, Dad, you're not going to believe this. I said, what? He said, uh, they would say, well, I just got a check in my mailbox. And one time it was for like $1,000. I think I'm going to go back to college and check my mailbox. You know what I'm saying? Now, what I'm saying by that is it's amazing. Brother TJ, you remember being in college and Paying your way, all several of you, ladies and gentlemen, and how God, boy, you just, Lord, I, you know, I, 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 I'm in poverty here, you know, Lord, I'm not complaining, but I need help. I, I please, I'm working hard. I, I'm, I'm doing my very best, and and periodically there would be that care package come. Oh boy, you remember the care packages? We'd rip into those. Things. You're supposed to kind of like ration it out. I did. I rationed it out in one night. You know, I opened the care package. I ate everything that was in there. God provides in miraculous ways. And folks, it does us all well to remember how He provided in that time of poverty. How He continues to do that in our life. In 1863, a gentleman named George Mueller, I've heard it pronounced Muller as well. I'm going to say Mueller. 
he and his wife decided to start an orphanage. In this decision, and prayerfully so, they made a decision that they would not seek outside financial help. They would not go to a group of people and say, hey, can you folks give to this orphanage? I'm not saying it's wrong to do that, but they just chose not to. As the uh, orphanage began to grow, history tells us there were were up to about, at, at one point, about 300 children at this orphanage. One morning, it was time to feed the children of the orphanage, and there was one problem. There was no food. The house mother came to Mr. Mueller, and she told him about the problem. Mr. Mueller, uh, I, I hate to inform you of this, but these 300 children, there is no food to feed them this morning. He told her, ma'am, uh, I want you to seat the 300 orphans in the dining hall. And she kind of confused and reluctantly still did so. And as she told all those children to sit around those tables in the dining room with no food in front of them, Mr. Mueller began to pray. And he began to thank God for the food that God would provide. The only thing is, of course, there was nothing there. Now, I I, I read these stories, I hear about them, and I kind of think between the lines. I would have been that kid who, while Mr. Mueller was praying and thanking God for the food that he has for them, I would have been the one kind of peeking, you know, at the table and like, I don't see any food. What's he talking about? You know, I don't, and I don't know. Maybe you would have been like that. I would have been kind of like, what's he talking about the food? But he was thanking God. He wasn't saying, Lord, we need food. Would you please provide it? His prayer was, Lord, I want to thank you for your provision. I want to thank you for providing. You have always provided. You laid this on our heart. My wife and I agreed to do this because it was your will And Lord, I want to thank you for your provision. He was in the middle of that prayer and there was a knock at the door. Mr. Mueller went to the door and he said, yes, sir, can I help you? It was a local baker in the area. He said, Mr. Mueller, I don't know you very well, but God woke me up in the middle of the night. And he told me that I needed to get up and make loaves of bread for your orphanage. This is a true story. If it wasn't, I wouldn't tell you. He said, I've got loaves of bread to feed the children in your orphanage right now. Can you imagine Mr. Mueller as he brought in those loaves of bread and walked past the house mother? I told you, you know. <laughs> now, I'm, not, I'm assuming she was that way. She probably wasn't. But, and, and, and he brought the, food, the, the bread to the tables of those 300 orphans. And if you can put yourself in that situation, how you could just... Man, I don't know if tears of joy was outwardly shown, but they were definitely inwardly happening. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did. Thank you, Lord, for answering my prayer. While he's divvying out the bread, another knock comes on the door. He's like, what in the world? That baker forgets some more bread? You know... This is a whole lot of bread here. Another gentleman came by and he said, Sir, he said, um, my milk cart just broke a wheel, lost a wheel. He goes, I've got all this milk that I'm supposed to deliver, but I'm not going to be able to, and it's going to spoil unless unless we use it up somehow or another. Is there any need that you have for your children in this orphanage for a cart full of milk? 
I just want to remind you folks, those stories happen in the past and they, they happen in our future. They happen all... Th- I believe everybody in this room could come up here and tell something where God provided in your poverty. Matter of fact, that would probably be better than the rest of my message because we would be shouting hallelujah and running around here thanking the Lord for His goodness. Moses said, don't forget how God provided for you in your poverty. Next, as Moses is continuing to try to help the children of Israel, he said, there's another thing I want you to remember. That God's counsel came during your confusion. God's counsel during their confusion. We see in verse 3, it says this, And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Moses is reminding these people that God brought counsel during their confusion. They're thinking of, well, this, this physical bread is all I need, and that sounds like, that sounds good to me. I'm feeling good. And God's counsel, though, was to remind them that it was the Word of God that was the most prominent need in their life. And so, in this time of confusion, God provides the counsel. And Moses is saying, remember when God patiently instructed you when you were needing direction? Psalms 33.11 says, The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, and the thoughts of His heart to all generations. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of His heart to all generations. I want to say, still today, God is providing counsel in our confusion. Aren't you thankful for that? There are times in our life when uh, we're up against a decision and we're not sure what to do. And folks, can I say this? Most of these decisions that we're making aren't uh, uh, between right and wrong. How many times we go to the Lord and say, Lord, uh, should I leave my wife or stay faithful and true to her? Well, duh, we know the answer now. We, we still, some people may make a poor decision on that, but we know the answer to that. But oftentimes in life, we're seeking God's counsel because there's two or maybe three right decisions that we could go. There's, there's two or three different directions that we could go that are not sinful. They're not wrong. But Lord, would you please show me the right one? Would you show me the best one? I remember when Kristen and I were, uh, we of course got married and I paid off that, <laughs> that engagement ring, 295. It took me a while, but I paid it off. And we went on our honeymoon and and had a great time, and we began seeking out where God would have us go in ministry. And I remember there were, look, I don't, I, I don't know there's a, in, in our search, let me say it this way, I don't know of a bad church there was to go to. There were several, there, there were a few, let me say a few, opportunities to go out here to this state, over here to this state, in here to this state, and so when you're in a position like that, sometimes that's harder because everything looks well. This is a good thing. This is a good place. That's a good place. 
But I remember as we sought the Lord and as we sought godly counsel, God led us to uh, our church here at Grandview Baptist Church. It was a very important decision to us because we realized that probably wherever we landed, that's where we're going to raise our family. Wherever we landed, that's where we're going to put our roots down and that's where we're going to involve ourselves in ministry and that's where we're going to just open up our hearts to the Lord and His will and those people in that area and serve that pastor. And God led us in the midst of two or three good directions. He led us here to Grandview Baptist Church. I don't want to forget about that. I don't want to forget about those times where I'm like, Lord, I'm talking about, hey, you know what I'm talking about? When you get up in the middle of the night, you say, Lord, show me. Lord, you know my heart. I want to make a wise decision. I don't want to make a poor decision. I don't want to go in a wrong direction. I don't want to go in a right direction that's not your will. Does that make sense? I want to follow what you have for me. I don't want to forget about that. I want to forget about the times where we sought the Lord and He gave us counsel and direction in our life. And He helped us make a wise decision. How many of you would agree, sometimes it wasn't necessarily the decision that we thought was best. But He guided us to that right avenue. And now we look back and we say, man, I am so glad that God directed us here because I see that though those other directions weren't sinful or wrong, this was the way that we were supposed to go. We thank the Lord for His many blessings in our life and the counsel that was received. I, we sang a song this morning, a group of us did, Thank You, Jesus. And it's just a powerful song. I love it so much. And as I look back, you know, I guess maybe sometimes the older you get, the more you look back. You don't live in the past, like I said, but you do visit there. And I'm just saying, thank you, Jesus, for the counsel that you gave my parents when they were at a, 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 a fork in the road, if you will, about what direction they would go as far as a church they would attend. They chose a church that helped me clearly understand salvation, make that decision for Christ, follow the Lord in believer's baptism, be in an environment where serving Jesus was actually exciting. It was so exciting that I thought, wow, I might like to do that. By the way, that's the kind of environment we want to keep around here. So this next generation, they're just going to the devil. I tell you what, uh, we can change that. We can change that by, by serving the Lord and being glad about it. Okay? Not getting up on Sunday and saying, you know, uh, we say, good Lord, is it Sunday? You know, you know, we say, good morning, Lord, it's Sunday. Let's go to church, man. Let's make it happen. I don't know what the recipe is, folks. I'm still working on it. But there was something that my parents did when they raised us that we didn't uh, have to go to church. We got to go to church. We, I hear people, well, my parents made us do this. Well, I guess technically my parents didn't make us, but they so presented it in a way that it was something we wanted to do. And, and, and we've tried to do that in, in, in our family's life, and we've tried to present it in such a way that, hey, this is something that we get to do. Thank you, Jesus, for the counsel that you gave my parents in directing us to this church that we attended as a, a young teenager. Thank you, Jesus, for the pastor that was there, that though he had gone through much trials and heartbreak, he, sto- he chose to stay in the ministry, and he pointed us young people to 
uh, productive youth conferences where we could hear the Word of God preached and make decisions that would matter for a lifetime. Thank you, Jesus, for the counsel that you gave him in directing me to go off to Bible college. Thank you, Jesus, for the, the directing of my uh, what would be my future in-laws and in, in following your leading to leave Tennessee, to go to Indiana, to be involved at Hiles Anderson College. And, but why? Well, because that's where my wife and I met. Thank you, Jesus, for me, allowing us to meet there. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us the counsel to attend Bible college, to seek out, to finish, and to serve the Lord uh, with the future of the rest of our life. God gives us counsel in our confusion. And Moses is reminding the children of Israel that he said, Hey, look, you got off track a little bit in your thinking. Let me show you something. God gave you counsel. He taught you something. He directed you. Don't forget about what he has done for you. You remember that time in your life where you needed that counsel? You needed that direction? Maybe it was in a decision about your health. I talked to a gentleman this morning who said, you know, I've been kind of, uh, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing this a little bit, but he, he says, I've been kind of ornery about my own health, but I've been kind of not at peace with it. Uh, but I'm just deciding that I'm going to trust the Lord. And uh, of course, I'm going to seek out help to, to have a healthy life, but I'm not going to get all tied up in knots about it. I'm just going to trust God and I'm going to seek His direction. I'm going to trust Him in this area of my life. Remember when God gave you that counsel to help you in that time of confusion. And now we look back and we say, thank you, Jesus, for that counsel and that direction. Maybe it came from a good, godly person. You know, God can use you to give good, godly counsel to people around you. And oftentimes people are in need of that. And I don't mean we go out and search and say, oh, Brother TJ looks like he needs some counsel. I sure give it to him. No. But people will seek us out sometimes and, hey, what do you think about this? Here, let me help you share with you what the Bible says. We're pointing them to God's Word, of course, but God uses you to do that. God has used people in my life to direct my path through these many years, and I'm thankful for that. And I never want to forget the counsel that was provided by the Lord Jesus Christ in my time of confusion. Many decisions throughout the years had to be made. And I praise God tonight that He gave the counsel to make those decisions in a way that would be pleasing to Him. Not only did God bring provision during our poverty and counsel during their confusion, but lastly tonight, He also, God, I want us to see God's deliverance during their distraction. Moses is standing up before the people Verse 13 and 14, he says this, And when thy herd and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up. Thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage. Moses is saying here tonight, he's saying to those folks, you know, when things were going great, and you got distracted, you stopped thanking God, but started taking the credit. I mean, think you, you, you remember when we used to, to beg God to use us for the mark as we preach, as we teach, as we lead, as we guide, and, 
And, and now we're, I don't know anybody who does this, but there's a tendency, if we're not careful, to then just kind of get in that routine and we've had the experience and we know how to make a crowd laugh, we know how to make a crowd cry, we know how, and, and we, we don't, we might not go to the Lord as much as we used to when we knew we didn't have anything to give. Now we've got a little experience behind our belt and we're not careful. We can realize, we can get distracted and we can realize or we will think that we have the answers. And that's what Moses is saying here to these people. Look, oh, you're th- multiplying. Everything's going great. Your herds are multiplying. Everything is going wonderful. Be careful. Be careful that you take the credit and you don't give it to God and you forget about His deliverance. You get distracted from His deliverance. You know, unfortunately, prosperity can be the worst thing that happens to some people. Now, we would hope that wouldn't happen, but if we're not careful, prosperity comes our way and there's no more crying out to God. There's no more effectual, fervent praying. Why? Everything's going good. I don't, I'm okay right now, Lord, but boy, you let a problem come and we drop to our knees. I'm not making light of that and I'm not making fun of that. What I'm saying, folks, is is no matter if we're prospering or in poverty or anywhere in between, may we continually seek out and remember and, and seek the Lord and give Him the credit when those blessings come. And not get distracted and look at it in our own eye. Boy, look what I've done. Boy, I'll tell you what, uh, there's many a story throughout the Word of God where people got that mindset and, boy, God, He didn't, uh, he didn't put up with that very much. And you know that. God provided deliverance during their distraction. Psalm 68, 19 says, Blessed be the Lord, I love this phrase, who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Tonight we serve a God who loads us with benefits daily. And if I'm not careful, look here, if I'm not careful, I'll forget. I'll go on to the next day. I'll go on to the next event. I'll go on to the next whatever. And it don't take time. I'm not talking about living in the past. I'm talking about visiting it and thanking the Lord for what He's done. And Moses, on purpose, points out at least these three areas to the children of Israel. He says, hey, hey, don't forget. Remember, there's a lady who wrote a song a long time ago. Her name is Jenny Yusey. She dealt with severe crippling arthritis. And she prayed this. She said, God, please help me to bear this without complaining. And God gave her the words to a song of which we sang the chorus to earlier in the service. Lead me to Calvary. Lest I forget Gethsemane. Lest I forget thine agony. Lest I forget thy love for me. Lead me to Calvary. And folks, it would all do us well. I know we're supposed to be thankful all the time, but as we approach and come closer to this wonderful time of Thanksgiving, I can't help but challenge us tonight to give a little extra emphasis on the goodness of God. Why? Lest we forget. Lest we take the credit. Lest we think we got it together. 
Lest we forget where God brought us from and to. Look, I want to serve, I'm 51. I want to continue to serve the Lord. I want to continue to be used of God to reach people and grow ministry and all these things in the future. And by the way, that's the way it ought to be. But I'll tell you this, every once in a while, I'll come back here and I'm going to visit those blessings of the past. Roy, I'm going to visit. I'm going to go back and I'm going to thank God. Man, I remember when I got saved. I remember hearing the gospel. I remember how it was clearly presented to me. And I trusted Jesus as my... I remember that. I remember when we were hired on at Grandview Baptist Church. Man, I thought I knew everything. I didn't know nothing. And I remember that the, 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 the joy that was in our hearts to have this opportunity and how God provided and, and through uh, uh, Pastor Mutchler at the time and, and now with Pastor Justin uh, as, our, as our leader, uh, things that the Lord is teaching me and bringing me through and helping me grow. Look, I don't want to forget that. But it's easy to do and that's why Moses chose to take some time with the children of Israel and he said, hey guys, don't forget, remember. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I hope I've not been too long tonight, but I did want to give this message ample time. I don't know what the Lord is dealing with us in our hearts tonight, but I think all of us would agree that we can never be too thankful. We can never look back too much and thank God for what He has done in our lives. We remember His provision during our time of poverty. We remember that counsel that He gave us when we were kind of confused and not sure what to do. We remember that deliverance that He brought during that time of potential distraction. Whatever the case may be tonight, it could be that the Lord is dealing with our hearts on something completely different, and that's great. It could be tonight that we're not sure that we're on our way to heaven. Whether it be in the auditorium here as we meet together or on our online service, you're not sure that you know Jesus as your Savior. I trust and, and I would encourage to you to make that decision tonight. Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Uh, We trust Jesus as our Savior to forgive us of our sins, to save us from hell, so that we can spend eternity in heaven with Him, and so that we can have the joy of the Lord while we're here on earth, serving Him and those around us. If you're not sure of that, we want to help you tonight in making that decision. If you would be listening in whatever avenue and not sure of that, I'd love to help you with a prayer. Would you pray this with me and meet it in your heart? Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know because of my sin, I deserve hell. But I trust you, Jesus, to forgive me and give me a home in heaven. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you've made that decision, I would love to rejoice with you. Now, if you're watching on our live stream, I can't see that. But I would rejoice knowing that someone potentially have trusted Christ as their Savior. I would think most everyone in this auditorium uh, has made that decision But if not, maybe you made it tonight, and praise the Lord for that. But it could be that for the rest of us, we need to take some time and just be thankful. It could be the Lord is prompting us to an old-fashioned altar, just to spend a, a moment or two kind of thanking the Lord for His goodness and asking Him to help those wonderful things He's done to stay on the forefronts of our minds. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this opportunity that we have.
You have blessed us in so many ways. We could go on and on and on about your goodness and blessings. And Lord, we take this challenge from Moses as he presents it to the children of Israel and we apply it to our lives tonight. I pray that you would speak to hearts and help us to follow you as you prompt us to do so. In Jesus' name, amen. We're standing to our feet. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Whatever the Lord is dealing with your heart about tonight, would you meet with Him over that? We open up our altar. You can make a decision there as you stand at your pew. But folks, let's not leave the auditorium tonight. But what we're thankful for what God has done in our lives. So many things. If it was just salvation, that would have been more than what we deserve, and it is. But throughout the years, blessing us, providing counsel, direction, provision. We could go on and on about how the hand of God reaches down and provides in miraculous ways, and we should not forget what He does in our lives. You make a decision tonight. Talk to the Lord. Thank you so much for being here tonight. We're going to be seated and watch our next video, and then we will be dismissed soon. our most anticipated event of the year, the Ladies Ornament Exchange. It will be Monday, December 5th at 6 p.m. If you have never been a part of Ladies Ornament Exchange before, here's what to expect. We'll all come to the church foyer on Monday night and we'll have food and fellowship. Once we've all arrived, we'll make the ornament exchange into a game where you'll be given a number and have the opportunity to open an ornament or steal an ornament that has already been opened. Some ladies will even make their ornament an even more desirable by adding a Starbucks gift card, a bag of chocolate, or a candle. This year, we're also giving away a prize for the ugliest Christmas sweater. So, this December, bring an ornament to exchange, your favorite snack to share, wear your favorite ugly Christmas sweater, and join us for a great time of fun and fellowship. Giving Tuesday is coming up on November 29th. On this nationally recognized day, we will be raising funds for the Mutchler Family Center. Please help us as we work together to raise money for the gym fund on this day. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great week and we'll see you Wednesday night at 7. Well, thank you for being here tonight. God bless you. Hope you have a great evening, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Thank you so much.